who's watching this, please, <laughs> 18 and over, do not sign up for those paper porn sites. Don't do it. They're not worth it. Please. <laughs> They'll catch you up for $25.99 real quick. You realize that post no clarity hits you like a brick, like it did your bank account. It's never worth it. <laughs> Yo, what's up, people? Welcome to the Gifted Biscuit Podcast, hosted by me, Jalil Toby, a.k.a. Mr. Thick Beer, Bad Body, your guy with the Google eye. What's good? What's happening? How you doing? It's another week, so you got to deal with another week of my foolishness. Now, before we start, let me just tell y'all, I curse a lot. So, if that's not really what you want... If you got parents in the other room, if you listen to this when you should be on that Zoom call with your teacher, don't. This ain't it. But if you're here for inspiration, motivation, and all that stuff in between, you have come to the right place. Now, before we start, let me just thank everybody for their support. Uh, Without you guys, this wouldn't be possible. You guys make Gift a Biscuit one of my favorite things to do, and I would be remiss as to not remind you guys every week that your continued support really helps me grow and helps me, you know, become better. Um, this podcast it can be on the go. You can find it on Spotify, Anchor, Pocket Cast. You can't find it on iTunes yet, unfortunately, because iTunes is hoeing me right now, but we won't get to that uh, later at some point. Anyway, if you want to find us to listen to us on the go while you're at work or you're jogging, making that money on the side, doing whatever you got to do, slinging that WAP, whatever, you can find us by searching Gifted Biscuit on your podcast app, hitting follow. And if you can, give us five stars. It helps us move us with the algorithm, which helps keep the lights on because I am poor. Now, today is September 7th, 2020. And that means we are on to episode two. And man, like I said, this has been a ball. It's been great learning and growing and fixing uh, my mistakes that I did the last time and being able to watch public reception and being able to just show like what I'm capable of, man. And just seeing how everything after all the time that I spent, you know, just trying stuff out, how it all finally came together. Now... (laughs) Hold on, I'm already, I'm, I'm already thirsty. Y'all know, y'all know. I'm already thirsty, shit. All right, all right, all right. So, just just, just a quick little update since last week, because uh, I didn't do... So, for those of you who don't know, um, on Instagram, I do a thing called Self-Care Sunday. Or, it used to be Sterile Sunday, but it's Self-Care Sunday. And I used to take like seven, eight minutes out of my time at night before I would knock out. To just really update you guys about... You know, my life, my journey, how things are going, just to give y'all a little taste of me, you know? And, well, I haven't done that the past two weeks because I've been busy working on a bunch of side projects, uh, releasing articles. By the way, shout out to me. I just put out an article this morning, so go check that out, www.giftedbiscuit.com. We post, like I said, articles having to do with motivation, finance, productivity, all that good shit. So check that out if you want more in-depth articles. Um, but anyway... <laughs> Anyway, I have been working on stuff on the side, so I haven't been doing that. So I figured that I will, I'm going to still do them on Instagram, because shout out to all my Instagram peeps. I see y'all. But I figured it would be cool just, you know, let y'all know how I'm doing, how I'm feeling, how I'm living, you know, all that, all that good shit. So since last week, uh, I've been learning a, a bunch about SEO and backlinks and how to write proper articles and how to, you know, format my posts to be more readable. Because for those of you who don't know, I am an author. Well, can, I call this, can you call yourself an author if you haven't published? Well, no, right? I've published articles, so technically I'm an author, right? Or would that be... Man, fuck that. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Point is, I write. I write stuff, okay? So, I have been writing a book for a while. Uh, I'm about three chapters in. About, I want to say like 100 pages. Uh, like 60 pages of backlog lore. And like 60 pages having to do with chapters. And um, so I have the tendency to write these really extensive paragraphs because I'm trying to fit so much in and so much of like backstory and character development and exposition into these chapters because you know you really want to get people hooked into the story and to know what's going on so with that like I started trying to write articles and I realized I'm kind of doing the same thing but it's not the same thing like it's not there's no there's no character backlog there's no exposition to put into an article 
you know, that's a listicle. So why am, why am I making these things so dense? So I, I've been learning that, growing that way, spending time meditating, getting my mind right. You know, eventually I'm gonna get my body right when I stop. <laughs> when I stop, you know, eating, cause food is delicious, but <laughs> that's why I call myself Mr. Thick Beer, Bad Body. But anyway, <laughs> enough about me. Uh, let, let's start with the opening topic. Done is better than perfect. So, uh, I, I, since I've started my creative journey, I have learned that done truly is better than perfect. And there's, there's a myriad of reasons as to why that is. But for me specifically, I realized that, like I said in the last podcast, right? A lot of people, they get to this point where they have this product and they've been tinkering with it or this piece of content, they've been tinkering with it, they've been optimizing the idea, they've been brainstorming, and they just, they just keep finding things wrong with it, and they keep delaying it, and they keep, and it never comes to market, you know? It never gets out to public eye to be criticized. And the thing I realized is, is that I, I have a tendency, if, if I allow myself to do that, I'm gonna do that, right? But then I ran the phrase, done is better than perfect, and I was like, you know what? They, they're kinda right, right? They're, they're kinda right. See. That, that's, the, that's the thing, right? So, done is better than perfect. Really like, how can, how can I put this in a way that makes sense f for me, for me? Done is better than perfect for me literally means at a certain point I gotta stop and I gotta publish it or I gotta put that video out or I gotta stop editing because we have a tendency to overanalyze and over edit. And at best case scenario, we end up messing up the original project because it no longer fits what we originally had in mind. At worst case, the project never even comes out. The project literally never comes out because we're so afraid of public perception. Or even worse, not only did we not put it out, but now we're not happy with it, you know? Now, even if we did put it out, we wouldn't be happy with it because we're still gonna keep trying to find new and different ways in which this thing is not perfect. And I don't know who needs to hear this, I don't know who will hear this, but done is, it's better than perfect, man. Nothing is ever perfect. Something can always be improved. And that's, that's okay. It is okay to put in a product that needs improvement. Y'all see Apple out here put out 12, 13 damn near iPhones. You don't think they didn't got it right by now? No, they don't because iPhones still break. iPhones still be slowing down after a year or two. You know, your iMessage, your iCloud, whatever, what have you, be slowing down. They can, there's so many games that come out broken with bugs. There's so many artists who put out trash songs and still make millions because they have realized that done is sometimes better than perfect, nine times out of 10. Now, why am I telling you guys this instead of, you know, making an article about it, you know? Honestly, I feel like that's a con this is a conversation that you and me need to have that we can't have through text because you need to understand like how important this is to me, right? Like, when I say done is better than perfect, I'm not, I don't mean, hey, I worked at this thing for half an hour, that's eh, I okay, I guess. And I'm like, oh, but I don't, I don't wanna overthink it. No, I'm talking to you, dude that's been holding this book in his fucking Google Docs for three years. Person that has that song in the back of that ringety ass folder. Person who has this painting that's been sitting in their loft. It's been there long enough. Publish it or throw it out. Because at this point, it is, it is a source of contention for you. It is constantly a point of your growth that you're not able to go past because you never put it aside. And that's, that's really what we're doing when we publish these things, is we have gathered this point in our lives to present to the world we've published it and we've allowed scrutiny and criticism from ourselves. And then from that, we're allowed to go forward. But if we never publish it, if we never move out, like I said, in the earlier podcast, go check that one out. I really like that one. It has a lot of gems. You gotta put something on the board, right? At a certain point, if you wanna grow, you gotta you got put something on the board, all right? You gotta do something, you gotta put something on the board. Now, what do you do after you, you put it out, right? What, what are you doing, right? You put it out, 
it's getting mediocre reception or it's great but you're not happy with it because you're the creative who made it so you see all the tiny cracks and flaws you see a part where that video didn't render right or that joke didn't land or you could have used blue instead of purple over there you see that stuff and you're asking me hey how do i how do i find constructive criticism how can i learn to seek constructive criticism instead of just deconstructing my own work and making me feel bad about it. And I, I, I gotta say one, recognizing the difference between constructive and deconstructive criticism takes time. And learning how to accurately judge your work, not for how you made it, but for what it is as the finished product also takes time. When I first established my website, www.giftedbiscuit.com, shameless plug, I did not like it. I, 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 I'm struggling to still like it, right? Because I know, right? I know all the pieces that I plugged and played it. I know what it originally looked like. I know how bad it originally looked, right? I saw all the problems. I work out all the bugs. So I, I know all the pretty, all the flaws behind that pretty mask. And I'm not happy with it. But eventually I had to get to a point where I was like, nigga, you are either gonna get, you're either gonna learn how to be happy with this or you're gonna spend the rest of your life upset that this thing will never get to a point that you haven't even imagined yet. That's, that's the truth. The truth is what, when a creative puts something out and they're not happy with it, the truth is they really don't even know what they want it to be. They just know it's not what it, what it should be. And I, was, I felt bad for so long and then I was like, no. Instead of doing that, I, I went and I, I looked at other articles. I looked at other articles written by other people and I said, how does mine stack up to this, right? How, the feedback that I'm getting from this, how is that feedback that I'm getting actually helping me make future content better? Or was it simply meant to bring me the person, not my content down? That is how you differentiate constructive versus deconstructive criticism. Constructive criticism will be a tool that you can use to make your content better. Deconstructive criticism is simply meant to attack you, not the content itself. That's the major difference. Right? So, like I said, you have to, at a certain point, get to the point where you can recognize that, right? Filter through the bullshit, take what you need, and go back to the drawing board. And that's why I said last podcast... You got to put something on the board because before you can even get to that point, but before you can even get to that point, you have to have something to be criticized. You have to have something you can put up and measure up against other people's works to say, is mine better or worse? Is that an objective or subjective opinion? What is deconstructive such as, hey, this writing is a little wordy. It's a little bit too lengthy. It's a wall of boring text. And this article sucks, man. I don't know why you're putting shit out, man. You ain't even a good writer like that. I don't know what you're doing. That's the difference. You need to be able to recognize the difference. And also, you need to be able to recognize when you're nitpicking. Because a lot of us don't. A lot of us don't even know, honestly. A lot of us don't know when we are nitpicking. <sighs> my speaking facts, <laughs> make my throat dry. A lot of us sit up late at night, 12, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., right? And we're not like, we're not happy with what we're doing. We're just, we're, we're, we're moving this around, changing this, changing that, changing this. It's not looking how we want it to. And we don't even know what we want it to look like. We just know that's not it. You got to recognize when you're nitpicking, you got to say, hold on, bro. We've been at this for four hours now. In the, in the time it took us, to nitpick this video, we could have created another video. Shit, we could have scrapped this and made a better one. But instead, we sat here like an idiot, like a fucking dingus, worrying about whether or not this thing would render correctly. That, that's the problem. We don't, a lot of creators, especially new ones like myself, are now tackling all these new emotions and all these new uncertainties that we didn't have because when, when, when you go to work, right? When you go to work, you clock in, you have a task, right? Big boss rolls up and says, hey, listen, I need you to move this box, all right? 
move all these boxes over here. That should take you about eight hours. Don't fucking die, you know? Your break's in 30. That's real easy. You know as long as you move that box from point A to point B in a certain amount of time, that in eight hours you can clock out and go home. And you don't give a fuck about that box. When box manager calls you and say, hey, can you do overtime? You can go click the fuck. You don't give a fuck about that box. You don't give a fuck about what you about that box at all. What that box could be on fire. Your manager could be on fire getting sacked with polar bears. You don't care. That's not your job anymore. When you're not getting paid for it. The problem is, when you start being creative, you don't have a clock out time. You don't have a 30 minute lunch break. Because every because you know that every minute that you're not creating is another minute that other people are and other people are getting ahead of you. And even if they're not getting ahead of you, you could be ahead of yourself where you are currently. So when you actually take the time to create something, you've put energy into this. You put blood, sweat, tears into this, and you're not willing to let it go. But just as you're not willing to let it go to be published, you're also not willing to let it go to throw it away. So we need to understand at a certain point, let that shit go. If it's flawed, those flaws will become immediately apparent to you the minute you publish it. And at that point, you have the choice of either learning from that mistake and keeping it up as a record to show yourself or remind yourself to be humble and to recognize your mistakes, or you will delete it and try again. But you know what? You learned a lesson. You got to the next step. And that, that's really what this is all about at the end of the day. It's about getting to that next step, refining our crafts, getting to the next level where we can create better and better and better and better content, right? Beyonce's first song, probably not that great. Her first, her first, first song, I'm talking like Destiny Child era, back when she used to use her full government, Beyonce Knowles. Her first song probably wasn't amazing. Pro even if it was, it probably isn't as good as her latest album. I can for, for a fact tell you that her Formation album is way better than some stuff that I heard from her back then. Look, look, there are so many people that you can pull from and be like, hey, this person's writing, this person's art, this person's music, it evolved. J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar, all, there's so many people you can pull from. And they'll, you can ask them if you ever somehow get in contact and be like, hey, yo, can you show me your early drafts of some stuff you did? They're gonna show you some stuff that you can be like, yo, you wrote this? Yo, you drew that? Wow. Yeah, because it's a journey. Everybody starts on that journey at some point. But if you don't put something on the board, if you don't stop learning how to nitpick, you're never gonna get there. And some, a lot of us need to learn how to just let shit be and continue. Start something new, start a new project, get a new creative energy back into your system. And that's, that's really what it is when, I, when people say done is better than perfect, all right? At some point, done, finishing it, and moving on is better than trying to perfect it. And, and we, we as creatives have to learn. Now, speaking of learning, just speaking of learning, our, our next topic is learn to learn. What does that mean? There are so many different creatives out there. Painters, artists, sculptors, writers. Even in your own individual niche, there are there even in mine. Uh, published authors for fiction, published authors for nonfiction, comic book writers, screenwriters for plays and movies, screenwriters for TV shows. Even in your own individual niche, there are so many different things you can learn that you can apply across the board, right? There are tips and tricks that all these other creators have had to learn that they implement in their content and by watching and expanding your mind to follow these other content creators, you can learn some things that someone who's not watching those people because they don't feel like they have anything to learn from these people, you're gonna get an advantage over those people. Right? And th this is even applicable in my own life, right? So, I, my girlfriend likes to watch this uh, makeup murder mystery chick, right? I think her name is like Billy Sarian. Some white chick with bomb makeup, that's not the point. Point is, this chick, um, in her in her videos, right, it's, it's a talking head video, kind of like this one. 
and she just kind of talks about this, whatever is on her mind on that Monday, whatever murder trial or murder mystery that she's talking about, that's the focus, right? And the, the whole point of that is that it, it's just her. There's not really any fancy graphics. There's not really any fancy effects. There's no real eye-catching footage. It's just her. But you know what she does that's really important? Every so often, you're going to notice her move her frame. And she's just going to inch it forward a little bit. And she's going to inch it back every now and again as well. And because she does that, what you're going to notice is that your eyes, every now, every couple of minutes or so, have to refocus on her image, which keeps you focused on what she's saying. And I would have never had caught on to that trick that her and many people that I now watch do to make sure that people are engaged in actually watching your content when it's just you. When, it, when it's you solo dolo, you have to do these small tricks to keep people interested. But I would have never known that if I hadn't opened myself up to look at this chick who is doing nothing of what I'm doing and is not in the same field as me. If I had not opened myself up to see, oh, I can learn something from this person. I would have never caught that. And there are so many examples of that type of stuff happening all the time, right? And you can learn something from the most unexpected places. Point again, uh, what's his name? Darius Cooks, famous black uh, chef. I learned uh, how to engage in a following community, right? He engages with his followers on a very, very intimate basis where he live streams with them every day or every other day and he lets them into his life to a certain extent. And again, he does not do what I do. He does, she does cooking. And yes, I do cooking content that will be coming out shortly. Check out the YouTube. But that's not my primary thing. His primary thing is making some bomb ass food. And let me tell you, if y'all ain't never had honey butter fried chicken, listen, you're missing out. That's all I'ma say. Hold on, this mic is damn. Mm, there you go. Listen, point is, He's doing something really different. But I was able to learn about user engagement, which is a central, a central tactic, a central thing you have to do if you want to create content that you expect people to consume and then later pay for. I learned that from him. You as a creator, especially if you're trying to create content that you expect to be consumed, you have to be open to learning and growing from other places unexpected places at any time because like i said and like we all have the same fear someone else is out there already someone doing the same thing as you is open to that and they are open to learning and growing and they are constantly hungry for that you need to be on that same page and i'm not saying that to say you'll eventually get left behind i'm saying that to say Everyone is seeking to grow, right? If you're on my channel, if you're on my page, if you're on my Facebook, if you're subscribed to the YouTube or my Instagram or my Twitter, shout out to my Instagram peeps once again, you are about growth. You're here to grow, you're here to learn, you're here to get better, but you're not the only one. You have to find a way to make your content stand out amongst the sea of other people that are also trying to stand out. And the way you do that one of the ways you do that is you open your ears and you put your ears to the ground and you see what the people who are above you are doing, even if they're not in your direct eyesight. That's how we gain mentors. I was listening to this podcast by Kev on stage and uh, Darius Cooks again, and they, they talked about mentorship and they talked about how a lot of the times we seek mentors, right? We go up to them in person and we say, hey, can you mentor me? Can you show me what you do? And they're going to look at you and say, buy my book, follow me, follow my socials, watch my content. Because in, the, in those, those, those gems, you're going to find a lot of secrets and you're going to find a lot of stuff that they don't say. A lot of people are going to be able to glean what they say and what they do, but it's the stuff that they don't say, the stuff that they just show you that is some of the most valuable pieces of information you're going to need. Now... <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I'm gonna have to give me a second because I, boy, it's hot in the motherfucking this bit. <laughs> mm. Mm. Oh, man. Like I said, 
you gotta learn to be open to all that stuff, man. You got you gotta learn to be open to learn to be open to all the things that are around us because th that's part of being a creative, right? That's part of being it's part of being just in the moment of of your growth journey, right? Of being creative. But what happens when you don't feel creative, right? You wake up, shitty day, you're not really feeling it. You feel like you could be creative, but nothing's really coming out. If you're like me, you've been staring at a blank screen for like four hours and nothing. Just just nothing. Just, just nothing. You're just banging your head on the keyboard. Or you're looking at this blank canvas and nothing feels right. Or, or you woke up and nothing. You don't even feel creative. It's worse. So it's a full-on block. Right? And that that that's when you start to panic, right? It's fucking terrible, you know? You know, you got your, like I said, there's your rough patches and there's your creative blocks. You got that now. What, what are you going to do? Well, <laughs> before we even tackle what those things are, we have to tackle what it feels like when you have that, how to recognize that's even a problem right now. Because a lot of us, I'm not going to lie, me especially, I'll get up, I'll just get to work and I'll be like, Yo, why doesn't this feel right? What, what's the problem? Why don't I feel good about anything that I'm doing right now and I didn't even really and then my girlfriend would have to come and be like hey are you all right and I'd be like oh yeah no I'm not no no <laughs> no no I'm not all right no I'm having an issue with this and then I'm like oh shit am I is this a rough patch or is this a creative block and that's that's when I get to start you know processing that so creative blocks right the difference between that and a rough patch is a creative block you have you you're done there's no creative energy flowing there's no creation happening right you like i said you were staring at a blank wall and you might as well be trying to watch paint dry because nothing is coming out of your brain right the difference between that and a rough patch is a rough patch you actually have the potential to have creative energy it's just that your surroundings are keeping you from you know pushing past whatever's going on in your life right now Right? It's not allowing you to direct your creative energy in the way that you want to direct it, right? And that that can happen. That can happen at any time. These two things can happen at any time, right? I have had times where I woke up feeling like Superman. I was juiced. I was on my computer. Just I was on my computer, just violating the whole page. I, went, I did good work. I go to go grab myself some soda. I sit back down. Nothing absolutely nothing just, just just tumbleweeds just ah wah, wah, wah. it can happen and when it does happen you have to understand the correct things to do to try to alleviate this problem or at the very least understand it so that you don't freak out right so what are the things to do when you have a rough patch when you have a full-on creative block, right? What, what do I do? What do I do, Captain Co-Star? What, what do I do? Come on, help me out. What you do depends on what it is, right? So first, you have to get good at understanding when it is. When when what it is is where it is. <laughs> what the fuck am I talking about? You have to understand whether or not if it's a creative block or if it's a rough patch, right? Once you've understood that, right, then we can go, okay, this is a creative block, you need to just stop, right? Oftentimes as a creative, every day we get up and we are, we're expecting our minds to pull out this brand new masterpiece or this new idea, right? And oftentimes with creativity, it's like a bank account, right? If you are pulling out money, right? Let, let's just say you get $500 every week, but every week you're, you're trying to pull out, you're trying to pull out $600. Yeah, sure, maybe when you first started, you had a bunch of creativity saved, right? But now, after like ah, 10, 12 weeks, you, you're reaching the bottom. You, you're reaching the bottom, man. Them, that Birkin costs a lot. Them Jordans cost a lot. That two for 20 at Denny's cost a lot for you right now. And you don't got it. Now you standing in that Denny's, looking at that Grand Slam, and that dude, that manager's like, hey, yo, you gotta pay. And I, I say all that to say, your, your creativity is a bank account. 
at a certain point you keep pulling from it, you're just gonna bankrupt it. And that's when a creative block happens. That's when you gotta sit the fuck down and you gotta do nothing. Don't even allow yourself the ability to think creatively for a minute. Just chill out and relax. You gotta let that shit come back naturally. Like, like that bank deposit, huh? Like that bank deposit on Friday. That thing comes every Friday. You can't force it. You, you can't force that bank deposit. It's gonna come on Friday or it's not, but you can't force that. Now, what do you do, you know, when you don't, how can I help myself if there's a rough patch? Simple, either A, you go the other way and you find a different way to use the creative energy that you have, or B, you do just like you do with a creative block and you chill out. Now, the interesting thing about a rough patch is, like I said, the creative energy isn't gone, right? You haven't bankrupted yourself, right? That, that cashier at Macy's isn't trying to cut up your card. What you're doing, what you need to do, is you need to take the energy and if you're if you're a writer, hey, go try to learn how to how to how to cook real quick. Go try to learn something different. You got to refresh your refresh creativity. Because oftentimes our brains want uh what's the word? Oftentimes our brains want the same thing, right? They it, are we are creatures of habit. We crave doing the same thing over and over and over again. The problem is is eventually even though we are creatures of habit, we get mentally bored with it, right? That's why game developers often have, or Fortune 500 companies often have break rooms that have games or have board games or something to play on your off time, especially like sales companies, they have this because you need to refresh your creativity and refresh your, your mind. Because if you're just pulling for the same thing, hey, case in point, just like a bank, just like a bank, I'm dropping, I'm dropping gems, just like a bank, if the bank notices you keep making questionable deposits of the same amount, they're gonna call up and they're gonna, hey, hold on, man. We, uh, we're we seeing the same uh, $60 purchase for big big booty Brazilian porn, sir. Is that you? Is, is that is that you? <laughs> and you, if that is you, you gonna have to get on, yes, sir, yes, yes, sir, that is that is me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and that's the problem. You gotta shake it up. Pornhub has a lot of categories. <laughs> you gotta shake it up, man. All right? And when you're shaking it up, you know, you have to immerse yourself. And like I said, learn to learn. You gotta expand yourself to watch other creatives. Because when I have a rough patch, right? When I have a creative block, one of the things that helps me push past that is immersing myself in other creatives, right? It's immersing myself in other, I'm sorry, I'm, still, I'm sorry, hold on, Just quick tangent, quick tangent because it's on my mind, hey, y'all ever like in a moment of weakness, like sign up for like a porn website in a moment of weakness, and then like after you buzz, you try to cancel it, you try to, you try to cancel it, so you on ccbill.com, the real ones know, the real ones know. You on ccbill.com or you got a call out the hotline agency and they're making it real complicated. And so now you're like, damn, they caught me again. Like, I know I know that, that has nothing to do with nothing. I know that has nothing to do with nothing. But I just I just wanted to I just wanted to bring that little piece. Listen, kids. I don't know who's listening, who's watching this. Please. 18 and over. Do not sign up for those paper porn sites. Don't do it. They're not worth it. Please. <laughs> They'll catch you up for $25.99 real quick. You realize that personal clarity hits you like a brick. Like it did your bank account. It's never worth it. <laughs> it's never worth it, man. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, what was that? So when you when you immerse yourself in creativity, right? When you immerse yourself in the creativity of others. You get to not, like I said, learn tips and tricks from other people, but also it kind of recenters you and brings you back to the reason why you started creating in the first place, right? And that is why I always stress to people, hey, if you want to create content, don't focus on the money. Don't don't focus on how much money you're trying to make, right? Don't focus on Okay, we're back. We're back to black. I'm kind of upset right now. I'm kind of tight. Cause 
Y'all, y'all not gonna be able to see this in editing. Y'all, y'all are not gonna be able to see this in editing because I'm not gonna let y'all see that. But my camera, for some reason, just just said nah. Just gonna turn off on you. That's what I'm gonna do. I this is sometimes square. Now, like I was saying, don't focus on making money. Truly, what you need to focus on is making your content valuable to other people because your valuable content is what's gonna be able to help a lot of people, you know, get creative again. And their creative content is gonna help you get past your own creative block and your own rough patches. And that is why I always, you know, tell people, hey, make something that's valuable, make something that's worth something for people. Because like I said in the previous podcast, again, shameless plug, if you make content specifically just to make money, People are gonna find out. They're, they're gonna know. They're gonna know. Now, sorry, my throat hella dry because I, I, I didn't damn near scream at this damn computer and this damn camera because this motherfucker had the nerve turn off on me. I'm so mad about it because I, I didn't even know people. I was so ready to just keep going on yammering at the freaking mouth, not noticing my camera was all the way off. I don't even know how that happened. Anyway. Oftentimes, when creative blocks or rough patches happen, we have the tendency to get in distress about it, right? And that is because, like I said, when we go to work, there's theoretically, unless you're sick or you have an injury, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to do the job you signed up for, right? But creativity doesn't work like that. It works on its own schedule. You can't demand to feel creative. You can't demand to have a great idea. It just either comes or it doesn't. So when we, you know, when we believe that we've lost the ability to be creative, all of a sudden we're in distress, you know, we're in denial, we're ripping our hair out. If I had hair, I would, but I am sadly bald. <laughs> is that the point? Is that the point? Point is, we get, we get upset and we're like, oh my God, maybe my creativity was a fluke. Maybe everything I did up until now wasn't really about me. That was just luck. And we go through that cycle every time. And then as soon as we get our creativity back, we're back on 10. We're back on the moon. How about we stop? How about we stop going on them changes? How about we recognize that creativity is an ebb and flow. And sometimes that ebb and flow is on low tide. And we have to respect that and respect ourselves. And that goes into self-care. Now, let's put a little neat bow on that. Tactical difficulties aside. And let's switch over to our pop culture section of the show. Um, so, this time, uh, well, one, as usual, since it is the end of the week, I'm going to be talking, well, the beginning of a new week, I'm going to be talking about the latest Lovecraft Country episode. Ah, episode four. And I'm also going to be talking a little bit about music, because I realized that I created this platform to give a voice to creatives, right? And part of that is is showing other creatives uh, work that I feel not only best uh, accentuates our creative energy, but also is examples of people that look like me doing stuff that I know people who look like me wanna do. So I'm also gonna be talking about uh, some music and some music that I listen to, because if you know me, I stay with the headphones on me. Uh, her name is Cookie Kawaii, and she just released an album called Club Soda Volume 2. It is, first off, it's fucking fire, but it's a Jersey Clubhouse. Jersey Clubhouse? Is it Jersey Club? Does it, does it count as house? It, it, it's Jersey house music, I guess. Either way, the shit's fire. I'm going to talk about that uh, later. But before I do, I just want to really quickly talk about like Lovecraft Country. So, we're going to get into it. Episode 4, right? Now, episode four, right, when I started, I was like, man, ain't no way they can top the past three episodes, man. Those things have been perfect. The lighting, the setting, the character accuracy, you know, the the vulgar use of the N-word, and just all the good stuff, right? All of that. I'm like, ain't no way they... And they did it. They fucking did it. Talk about the Indiana Jones that we never knew we wanted. Negro Jones, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. So, uh, what I mean by that is uh, episode four picks up, right? And it picks up with Tick's dad, right? And he's going through his emotional traumas of losing his um, 
losing his brother and it shows tick and he's trying to deal with uh trying to find the book of adam because he wants to protect his family and you got that white chick from the last episode who's bomb as fuck uh she she's traveling uh dealing with some other white folk who are also trying to look for the book of names and um so tick uh, he goes to his pops and he's like, yo, do you know anything about this? And at first his father's like, nah, I don't know nothing. Because his father doesn't want to let them know that he knows something. So then the, uh, the, he talks to his dad. Eventually his dad's like, I, I got a dude who might have a, who might have a lead. And they go to this uh, museum. So they go to the museum and it opens up a pathway to this like underground tunnel system that... Spoiler alert, actually connects to the tunnel system underneath Letty's house, which is crazy because they really went in a fucking gigantic circle and I was a little tight at that. But whatever, Misha Green, I trust your writing anyway because it is still beautiful. Shout out to black women. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> they they cross this this plank. Now, I'm not going to hold you. I, I consider myself a little adventurous. There's, you couldn't have paid me enough money to walk down that plank. You could not have paid me enough money to walk down that plank. <laughs> Especially since that shit started disintegrating. And there's a gigantic swing like pendulum shits. That was child. Yo. Uh, the one, I, I do have one complaint about the episode. And that was the episode was very dark. Not in theme so much as in actual like lighting quality. It was very like dark night lighting quality where everything was kind of like really dark. And I get that they were underground and it was night, I get that. But it was hard as shit to see anything really. And like, I felt like that was taken away from a lot of the potentially really great scenes that was going on. And this is my nitpick, but I'm not a professional writer or a set director, so what the fuck do I know? But anyway, so, uh, they find what they're looking for and they also find this like native american chick who uh shout out to a uh, native american people i learned about the two spirit people who are people that uh, have both genders I, I think and they were they used to be revered as uh people of great wisdom and often held uh, uh roles like matchmaking and uh doctors but after the white man came along and basically uh, stripped that away from Native American culture, uh, Native Americans seem to have uh, grown in uh, homophobic uh, actions and relations, which is terrible that a piece of their culture was, you know, bastardized like that. But I think that a lot of the times that, that ten you'll, you'll tend to see that trend happen in, you know, colored communities, especially when white people get involved. And this episode definitely dives into that, you know, head first. And it also dives into a, a bunch of different uh, takeaways uh, from this. Uh, it dives into f their father-son relationship. It dives into regret with Letty's sister. It dives into the bastardization of culture and taking risks and taking shots. It, like I said, Misha Green and Jordan Peele and J.J. Abrams, they've been able to multi-layer all these different tones and motifs together into this really amazing story. And so... First to tackle that, uh, the mother and father, mother and father, the father and son relationship that uh, Tick and his father have. Montrose, who by the way, yo, spoiler alert for people who have seen, who haven't seen episode four, if you haven't seen it, click off, go watch it. I'm giving you five seconds. Give you five seconds. All right. That motherfucker really slit that poor woman's throat at the end. That shit had me like, what? 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 Sir, I, I had to rewind it. I had to rewind it. I was like, this nigga here. Wow. Like, I was like that, that meme. Wow. Oh my God. It was crazy. It was crazy. It was crazy. But so uh, this episode really deals with uh, Montrose and Atticus's relationship. And at, so, as a black man, right? As a black man in society, um, a lot, I, I would say at least for me, 
growing up, I had a very strained relationship with my father, right? Growing up, right? We had a lot of issues, especially in my late teen years. And it wasn't actually until my my early adult years right now, like 20, 20 and on, where me and my father's relationship got better. But in this show, we're able to see the effects that having that harsh father who really doesn't know a better way to show his love to you than to be harsh, how that can affect the relationship between a father and son. And we watched it unfold as they had to tackle things together and they had to cooperate together, not only to uncover the truth, but to more often than not, save themselves from certain, from certain death, how these things cause issues. And it's, it's so crazy, you know, that scene where uh, Tick's father really opens up to him uh, about like relationships and about how love is really important that you really start to see that like heart his heart like open up and really show that yes i really do care about my son yes it's hard for me to show that because of what i've seen and what i've been through and i know that for my father specifically he grew up in brooklyn in the 80s and he saw a lot of stuff that made him a hardened man so for him trying to show love and show affection in a way that a child can receive you know can receive was a very hard thing for him when he first started out as his first child. And I think that is something that, you know, Lovecraft Country did a very great job of showcasing on this episode. But not only was Addict's family in question, but now we have Letty's family, right? So Letty uh, has a sister, as I said, a beautiful actress, amazing at her job, really put, she can sing her ass off. And um, so her character wants to work at this white department store. Now, this white department store has, has started hiring black people. Now, especially post Jim Crow, a lot of white establishments weren't taking the risk to hire more than one or two black people. So, as you remember in the last episode, Letty's sister talked about applying to this to this uh, apartment store. I think the name was Stedman's or something. And because of how she was feeling, because she was in her bag or whatever, she didn't apply. So then we, we open up uh, the episode with this scene where she goes into the department store and she sees a black woman already working there. And the black woman, she talks to her, she's like, hey, uh, how did you get this job, blah, blah, blah. She's like, yeah, I just, I just applied on a whim. Yeah, no, I, I'm super excited I got it. And that, that like really fucked her up because she, now she realizes, hey, my chance to get to this position that I desired is gone. Because even now, if, I know that when I worked, it was very rare that I worked at an establishment where I was where I was not the only black person, even today. So we can only imagine how it was post Jim Crow era where you still got police calling you boy and still calling you a colored man or a colored woman. So she knew they wasn't about to hire two black women. Mm -mm. So with that, now, uh, Letty's sister, her resentment for her sister's growing even more. Her turmoil is growing even more, you know. And then that white chick, the witch, her her man's, her butler dude pops up at the bar. And they get to drinking and talking. And next thing you know, they, they out in the room doing what they do. And I'm like, wow. I could, look, Misha Green and... Jordan Peele, J.J. Abrams, they're able to take a plot line and just throw me for a loop every time. Every time I think something's going to go a certain way, they just throw me for a loop. They just, they just, they just throw me. They, just, they throw me for a fucking loop. And like I said, this episode was amazing. Now, the episode ended with um, scenes of the next one uh, where apparently that butler dude takes Lady's sister to the mansion and like she learns magic or some shit. And apparently Atticus and Letty also learn magic. So you're about to have magical Negroes and shit. Like, we're about to have, like, a fifth Hogwarts house. <laughs> and the, the animal, the Hogwarts, the Hogwarts animal is going to be like a pit bull. And the Sorting Hat's going to be like a, a snapback. It's going to be, it's going to be fire. I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what it's going to be, but you can rest your I'm going to be talking about it next week. <laughs> Bottom line, Lovecraft Country has continued to showcase black creativity on a scale never before seen or at least not seen on a serialized tv show like this to this extent 
Um, and of course, that is due to a lot of technological advancements and a lot of civil rights advancements. But besides all that, this is showing a lot of people like me and a lot of people younger than me, hey, you can rise to a level where your show, your book, your acting ability can be showcased on this grand stage. And that is so important. We in the black community, we in the color community and the people of color community need to push for more and more and more representation. And not just in the media, but in all fields. We need to see more de black doctors, more black engineers, more black whatever you need. We need more of them in the field, man. We need women in better and higher positions to showcase that, yes, you can do it too. Because there is nothing better than watching a child become enlightened and see a future that they previously did not think was possible. Now, heavy, heavy sentiment aside, heavy, heavy sentiment aside, I'm gonna talk about something that's not as heavy, depending on how you look at it, twerking. And specifically, Cookie Kawaii's new album, Club Soda Volume 2. That shit slaps. I don't know, my nose is itchy. If you're watching the video version at youtube.com slash coffee shop network. Your boy's face has just been itchy all day. I don't know what's good. I don't know. I got that itchy face syndrome. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's good. But anyway, so she just released this album, I think August 28th. And if you know me, I love all types of music, right? I listen to classical, I listen to rock, I listen to hip hop, of course. I listen to rap, drill. I be trapping out sometimes, you know, I be in my kitchen with no shirt on, just, just vibing. And then sometimes, you know, I wanna, I wanna throw it back for a second, you know, just, just, just you know, just, I just, I'm by myself, you know, I just wanna pop it up real quick, you know, just whatever, whatever. And she makes music for that. Now, she is best known right now for her uh, track that went viral on TikTok. Uh, if I back it up, is it fat enough? Now, a lot of people are gonna look at that and be like, man, that's just ignorant black girl shit. Once again, once again, black people are out here cooning it up, making twerking music as we always do. However, allow me to bring you a different light. If you look past just that song and you actually look at her whole discography you're gonna see a woman who makes music for all types of moods occasions her videos have a lot of amazing sets and a lot of care and a lot of compassion to it. and her social media game is tight too and that's why i say you have to immerse yourself in different creatives to understand the things that they go through because a lot of things that are going to elevate you beyond the normal standpoint are not actually spoken they're not the viral parts of their content, right? They're not the things that you're gonna hear about immediately, right? God damn, I got that icky mixer, bro. Shit. Somebody put a counter, a counter in the chat, in the comments. I'm gonna scratch my nose today. Anyway, um, I'm telling you, if you if you if you about to clean your house tomorrow morning, if you about to go on a nice road trip, I don't know why it's Corona, but let's just say you want to do you whatever. Put on Club Soda Volume 2. Matter of fact, go stream all her albums, bro. Listen, that shit slaps. My favorite song is Quarantine and Chill. Because as y'all know, I'll be quarantining and chilling. And to be quite honest, I don't really care if this corona thing goes away. Uh, I'm still going to be wearing a mask. I'm, I'm wearing a mask now. That, that's my life now. I'm sorry. I'm just wearing a mask. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I'm just going to wear a mask because you can't trust nobody. You cannot trust people nowadays. And that's really what I'm learning. That's really, that's really what I'm learning, honestly. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, y'all got to learn how, and especially me too, learn from other people, you know, because there's so many things we can learn from people. There's so many things that we can't see because we're putting ourselves in our own box instead of going outside that box and saying, what y'all doing over there? Oh, true. Yeah, there's so much. So uh it's been a, it's been cool but let's let's wrap it up real quick um our main takeaways right now like i said is done is better than perfect the point is to put something on the board so you can actively criticize it and you can actually learn how to take constructive criticism and how to do away with deconstructive criticism like i said constructive criticism is going to help you create better content in the future deconstructive criticism 
is only going to attack you, not the content. So if that's the case, you need to learn how to differentiate that and get better at it. Also, you need to also learn the hell. God damn it. Uh, I'm sorry. That's all in y'all ear. I'm up. I'm gonna edit that out. 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 All right, all right. Where was I? Where, where was I? So, even if you don't feel creative, hey, that's okay. People go through rough patches. People go through creative blocks. That's why I say immerse yourself in content that is quality, that is gonna give you value because that is gonna recharge your batteries. When you have a rough patch, hey, go do something else with that creative energy. I promise you, Eventually, that creative energy is going to be want to be directed back to where you want it to be. And when you have, hold on, my nose, bro, dang, uh, oh, messing up my dialogue, shit, or messing up monologue because I'm by myself. Dialogue, 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 because I'm talking to y'all, beautiful people. <laughs> Listen, this is why I stress making content that increases your, that increases the value of the people who listen to it, because. When it is your turn to listen to content, when it is your turn to absorb content to recharge your batteries, or in general, when you wanna learn, you are gonna want and expect content that is going to increase your value. So you in return need to do that. Again, you also need to accept that creativity is an ebb and flow, and sometimes that flow is just on low tide. Sometimes you are not gonna be as creative as you wanna be, and you cannot expect your creativity to work like a nine to five job. So, at the end of the day, it's okay to have these things, to have these problems. It's okay to put something out, and it's okay to understand that that thing does not have to be perfect. I'm telling y'all, yo, I don't know what is good. I'm getting all types of like my throat feeling weird, my nose. I don't know, man. If I got Corona, just 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 let me go. <laughs> Ugh. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, man, bro, why is this dude making weird noises in my ear and shit? <laughs> I'm just having fun, y'all. This this podcast is for me to have fun, get comfortable on camera, talk to y'all about what I think about it, and just share my journey, man. You know, the things that I, I think people should hear about, you know? Like I said, man, you'll create content that you feel is valuable. And yeah, this content ain't the most professional, and yeah... This shit could be better. And yeah, I could like stop drinking water all the damn time, rub my damn nose, but that's not important. What's really important is the shit that I'm talking about. And if you feel the same way, yo, hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, check out the website, all that good shit. Now, uh, that's all I got on my show notes. So we're going to wrap this up. Thank you so much for listening or watching. If you're watching this at YouTube at www.coffeeshopnetwork. Hey, if you like it, I hope you subscribe. Hit the like button. If you're listening on a podcast app, you can rate us five stars because Apple is hoeing me. I need to get that fixed. Hey, rate it five stars. Follow us. I post every Tuesday. That's right, motherfuckers. I have an actual like day of the week that I'm gonna post. So every Tuesday, look out for it because it's coming your way. And I'm going to be promoting it on all my socials so you can't miss it. Um, also, uh, when I do get this on Apple, hey, please rate it five stars if you really enjoy the podcast. It pushes me up the algorithm, uh, which I need because I need to get listeners and brand deals and all that good shit because I'm poor. All these fancy lights are costing me money. <laughs> uh, and speaking of me being poor, if you, wanna, uh, if you want to uh, give me money... <laughs> Like a fucking like the Pelican Sunimo. Gimme, 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 gimme. If you want to, if you really want to support us, consider visiting www.giftedbiscuit.com. Uh, we post articles of motivation, inspiration, and all that stuff in between in much greater detail and in a much more digestible content. Uh, it's there whenever you want it. So if you like the content, hey, bookmark it so you have a refresher. Um, also consider following us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. All that good shit. I'll be there. I'll be active. What else am I going to do is quarantine. And if you also want to 
you know support me monetarily first off thank you all donations are appreciated but not necessary you can hit me up at cash at the dollar sign captain co-star it should be on my left right somewhere it will be somewhere you will see it and it will also be in the description of my youtube uh either way thanks again for listening <laughs> make sure to follow us wherever podcasts are found i'm gonna see you guys on the next episode peace if you like this episode, please make sure to like, comment, subscribe, and hit that notification bell for all of our new episodes. Also, consider visiting www.giftedbiscuit.com for more in-depth articles from inspiration to motivation to much more. Have a great day!